a former St. Louis police officer found not guilty of a fatal shooting of a black man and the protest that sparked for days out of St. Louis. Albert Hainsworth, an ex-football player claiming his ex-basketball playing girlfriend, Brittany Johnson, abused him. And Aaron Hernandez being diagnosed with CTE, of course, obviously after the fact. Those three stories, very big stories for the week, but they did not make the top 10 of all the conversations we had with you all week on social media and the website. So what did? Here's your spoiler alert. One of the major natural disasters, we had two hurricanes and an earthquake. Which one takes the top one spot and what other spots are in between? We'll let you know in just a moment here for the weekly wrap-up podcast from This is a Conversation. This is the week ending September 23rd, 2017. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne. I'm your host for this podcast, the weekly wrap-up podcast from This Is A Conversation and the guy behind all things going on at thisconversation.com plus all of our social media channels. Now, what do we do for This Is A Conversation? We have great conversations with people like you all week long by sending out the headlines to great stories, some of them a little odd, some of them a little weird, and some of them not getting enough love, we believe, in the coverage of the daily news. The news cycle gets stuck on a breaking news story that breaks for about eight hours. We try to stick in some things that are pretty important, we think, on our end as well, and you let us know how important they are with your interaction. You, of course, interact with us via Twitter at TH underscore conversation or on Facebook following This is a Conversation and our main website, this is a conversation.com. This podcast consists of three parts, and it will consist of three parts today. Part number one will be the top 10 stories from the past week. We go over all the stories uh, from a big list of stories. This week we had almost 100 different stories, and we even cheated a bit because we combined some multiple stories and multiple headlines that were big topics, so we mashed in some together. So we even had that many more stories this week. We compile all the stories from all the sources, add them up with a tally, and tell you which ones had the best score, the most reaction for the week in the top 10. Part two will be our section where we have our interview section. We have a great interview on tap today with a very news-minded person, a person I've been following for months across social media and listening to his live uh, recording and podcast throughout the week uh, from Sky Shout Radio. We'll tell you more about that in a bit when we talk the brackets. And, of course, we'll go through the tail end of the podcast with some stories that didn't quite make the top ten and some that didn't quite make it at all but we still think are kind of cool, including the stories you had in the tease that, of course, were right outside of the top ten for the list. We'll tell you just how close they were and let you know how you can be a part of everything. But actually, we'll let you know right now. We want to make sure you are a part of all the things going on with this podcast and the conversations of the week. And as we already said, follow us on Twitter, TH underscore conversation. Follow us on Facebook at This Is The Conversation. And make sure we're in your feed or just stop by our main website, thisistheconversation.com, and react to the stories as they come down. Just like them or share them in Facebook. You can love them. You can even hate them or cry on them if you want to. Give us comments, share them with friends, share them with enemies, share them with random strangers. Let people know what we're talking about, what conversations you think are important news stories, and we'll get them tallied up, and we'll see if they make the top ten coming up for the upcoming week. For this week, uh, we start off in the ten spot. 
with a story uh, that was surprising that it lasted so long, but it did come up at the 10 spot, so can't really uh, fault the, the storytellers or fault you guys for finding it so interesting and keeping it so high all week. It just is what it is. Uh, and like we said, we did also do some sort of cheating this week, if you can call it that. We took a couple of stories that had some major headlines uh, that hit major spots, and we combined them into main stories. We'll explain that in just a bit as we go down the line with them. Some weeks we don't do that for all of them. We let them be natural. But this week was such a different week, we went ahead and went with that. So what you will see is a... Uh, well, we'll get to that. Right now, let's go back to the top 10 story. The 10 story for the week uh, is Ryanair, the uh, budget uh, airline from overseas, Britain to be exact, uh, Ireland to be exact, uh, is doing something that's not making customers very happy. They are canceling uh, 40 to 50 flights per day for six weeks. They began this around the 17th of September. So this came in on the very tail end of last weekend stuff. Um and the whole point of this is the fact that their on-time rate, their punctuality rate, is around 80% below where it should be. That means they're failing 80% of the time on showing up on time, which means they are having less flights. On top of all this, they're also having issues with their union and their budgets and all the things going on where they had a issue later on down the week where the pilots declined an offer to actually pay them more money because they didn't like the full deal. Ryanair, the budget airline from Ireland, is having some issues. Number one thing they're trying to do is get on time. And by doing that, they're losing money by having less flights. And in the process, they're actually trying to give more money away to their employees who don't like what's going on. This may be a fairly big implosion from an airline overseas. Obviously not here. It won't be that big of a deal here because it flies mostly European, um, European legs. But it's still a business thing, and it's still a big thing, and something that a lot of folks really got into. This was, of course, the top ten story of the week, uh, edging out the one that was 11 by about um, 4%. So, I'm sorry, by about 0.7%. So, just barely uh, jumping ahead in that 10%, 10 number 10 spot. So, that's your 10 spot for this week. This week's number nine story, not that any story is non-deserving of the top ten status, but this one more expected than the Ryanair story was. This was the big fight from last week with Canelo and Triple G. Uh, this was a boxing match that people were waiting for months to see, and unlike the McGregor-Mayweather fight, people with talent were both inside the ring, so they wanted to see it go down. There was a lot of promotion over this one. Golden Boy promotions were all in tied to this one, and when it was all said and done... It was a tie. It was ruled a draw, a complete draw for the fight. So the uh, title holder holds the belt. The non-title holder still gets the check. And Tony Atlas, the longtime boxing analyst, gets another chance to go nuts over a decision. Uh, basically saying he's been doing this for 40 years. You know, he's got no place else to go, so I guess he'll keep doing boxing. But, but the boxing fans do not deserve what the boxing fans are getting these days in some of these fights. And it's no wonder that MMA is becoming a bigger a draw for people looking for combat sports because the sweet art of science that goes to boxing is, as Mr. Atlas would say, is being uh, strangled uh, by the people running the show. So if you're a big boxing fan and you actually watch that fight, did you agree? Did you disagree? Did you just hate the decision uh, altogether? Let us know in comments uh, anywhere you comment with our things here for this the conversation. 
Uh, that story, of course, a 3% jump from the 10 story. The number 8 story is a 5% jump from the 9 story. Uh, this one uh, got a lot of people really, really, really excited. Jamie Lee Curtis returning for the Halloween sequel in 2018. Another Halloween coming up, another Halloween movie, I should say. This one, another sequel to the sequels to the sequels. There have been sequels and reboots and kind of swamps around. But this one's a sequel to the very last batch of Halloween movies. And what we'll see is return of Jamie Lee Curtis's character from Halloween, the original Scream Queen, if you will. A lot of people excited about the return of Jamie Lee to the franchise, and people excited about the franchise, even though it is, yes, a like a 40-year-old franchise. But when you keep bringing it back up, as you know, Hollywood does not have a lot of really clever, fresh ideas, so they just keep redoing the old things in new ways. They find ways to keep things going. I'm not a big Halloween fan. Well, I'm not a big horror fan at this point. A bit too old for all the freaky stuff. But um, it's still good to see things going on. And still good to see Jamie Lee Curtis, who has a great personality in the business, doing work. Even if it is kind of regressive work, playing old characters, much, much older in this case. We go to the first natural disaster in the top 10, number 7 story, and this one is exactly tied with the number 8 story, if you will. Jamie Lee Curtis has exactly the same amount of votes in there, making it into the top 10. Uh, this is Hurricane Jose as it ambles off the U.S. coast as a tropical storm, uh, as Tropical Storm Maria was eyeing Florida. Earlier in our week this week, or late last week, you'd say, Hurricane Jose was what we were worried about. Irma went through Florida and moved on, and then Jose was what was right behind it. Jose turned out to be not much of a much, if you will. He did sputter across a couple islands. He tumbled off into a tropical storm and essentially a dead storm at this point. Maria, not quite so. We'll get to Maria again in just a moment. Moving up to the number six story of the week, and that is a uh, 30%, 38% jump uh, from the seven story. Uh, this um, is a story that popped out just a few days ago, and a lot of people got really into this one, as you would expect. Yankees are at bat. Foul ball goes off the bat over the visitor's dugout in Yankee Stadium. Not necessarily a non-random thing. Somebody with a glove normally would reach out and grab that, and then they show the great pictures of a kid or an adult or someone there holding up the ball. That's not what happened this time. It, they had to stop the game for about four minutes. That fall ball actually hit a two-year-old girl who was watching a game from those dug, dugout stands uh, with her grandfather. That girl taken to the hospital. Uh, it's been about two days since the story came through, and the girl's still in the hospital per reports right now. So the girl took the ball straight to the head in this case. What this brings up is the issue about netting at Major League Stadiums. Most stadiums have netting to the – actually, all stadiums have nettings to the uh, required allotment that's right behind the batter and a, a few hundred meters to the left and the right of the batter's boxes. Many stadiums actually extend all the way down the line for most of the uh, – for most of the line that, that, you're, that you're able to get, pop up to a foul ball, foul ball because, because of foul balls. Uh, they leave it open past the dugouts for most cases because those balls, you can usually see them coming. Now, Yankee Stadium is one of those that does not do that. The reasoning, nothing sinister. They just haven't addressed that. Although a fan was hit by a ball a few months ago, and they said they were going to address that in the future, I guess the future hadn't quite caught up to them yet because another fan, of course, hit right there, more or less in the same area. Uh, and this wasn't just a guy not paying attention. This was a young girl who did not have the reflexes to handle uh, what happened. It's a freak of nature type thing, but still a thing that happened. And the Yankees will, of course, have to address this very soon now because of what's going on. 
Number five story gets just a slight bump, only about 6.2% from the sixth story, and that was the reports of the terror attack as the explosion and fire incident happened in London. This happened last Friday, and this was a big deal for everyone. When a bomb or some incendiary device went off in a train on London early for us, late in the morning for them there in London. Now, when it happened, there were reports of people being injured, and the big thing that happened, the big thing we learned about is the doors to the bus opened up essentially as the uh, bomb went off, which kept people from losing any lives. There were many people that were injured and people dealing with just all sorts of things. The threat level for London was brought up for a while, then brought back down because it wasn't very big. They suspected that the people involved, they actually caught about three people in three different places for this, uh, was an improvised attack based on something that, a plan that basically fell through, and so they just wanted to get off an attack anyway. Uh, there's nothing imminent happening they're expecting. However, we do get the normal response from Donald Trump in these things. He started tweeting first his support, and then, of course, talking about the travel ban again, because he's Donald Trump. We actually have very little Donald Trump in the entire um, uh, list this week, believe it or not, even though he did have his big speech over at the U.N., but we'll get to that in the also rants as well. Now, going on to the number four story of the day, this one gets another slight bump, only about 2.5% from the five story. But this is an interesting story, another one that I didn't expect to stick around so long, but it happened so weirdly so late on a Friday while everyone's dealing with high school football that maybe that's what kept people into it. People saw it, jumped onto it, and it got enough love to stay in the fight. And it's particularly a fight that broke out uh, in Las Vegas or in Nevada Las Vegas areas where we have the story coming from, uh, where um, essentially it turned into a brawl, pepper spray was brought out, and it just turned into a big mess. Now, the Clark County School District in Nevada, uh, the police uh, had to use pepper spray to break up a fight on the field between Canyon Springs and Basic, two football players and their football teams, after the Pioneers won 20-15 to over the Wolves on Friday at Basic High School. So it was on Basic's grounds, uh, but um, Canyon Springs got the win. The brunt of the spray was directed at a group of players and coaches from Canyon Springs, although one of the Basic t- staffers was targeted in the melee. Several people were, uh, of course, dealing with the pain of the pepper spray. It took about 20 minutes for all the teams to vacate the field after the fight. So a big football fight after a high school game, big rivalry game it seems out there in Nevada, uh, turned into a pretty big story for you guys in conversations for this week. The number three story, which I always say these stories so where we are, our heads are, is the Kevin Hart apology. That came up with a 47.6% jump from the four story. Kevin Hart went to social media this week to apologize to his wife and kids for one of those sorry, not sorry things. He apologized for a person with an extortion attempt trying to get money out of him to keep some sort of illicit deal, illicit thing secret. Didn't really quite apologize for doing whatever illicit thing he did. We're assuming it's an affair. But he did apologize for uh, the basically embarrassing his family in the process, which I guess counts, but does it really count if it's not about what went on? Now, there have been plenty of rumblings. We've actually had a couple of conversations a couple of times in the last couple of months about the affairs that Kevin Hart may or may not be having with his pregnant wife and, of course, uh, stepping out on the wife and the kids. And we all know that we had some issues with his first wife, and rumors has it that the issues were with his current wife. Basically, his current wife was the side chick to the first wife, and now the side chick, who's now the wife, 
is dealing with side chick issues while she's pregnant. Uh, I'm not too cool about those things happening. You can We can go over and over again about celebrities who do stuff like that. But the case here, in fact, here is Kevin Hart apologizing for this failed extortion attempt. The FBI is, is involved because there was some sort of actual attempt to get something out of Kevin Hart. Uh, so what it was, I don't think we really know yet, but it was a big deal. But the, the feds are involved, and we will all find out sooner or later what comes down. Probably not. Let's go to the number two story of the week. This one gets an 8% jump from the, the three, and that is the earthquake hitting Mexico City. 7.1 magnified earthquake, magnitude earthquake, I'm sorry, hit Mexico City this week, causing devastation and plenty of destruction for that city. We got the chance to break away from all sorts of weird political talk to go for hours on the rescue efforts and what went down in Mexico City. It actually hit about 20 miles, I believe, north of the city, so not quite on the city itself. But the area in the Mexico City, the most one of the most populated areas in the world, most populated cities in the world, uh, people essentially felt the tremors for a good 20 seconds of rumbling as it went down. It started as a slow rumble and kind of went through, uh, devastating some of the areas and the outlying areas near the epicenter. But Mexico City having to deal with plenty of issues as it had damage uh, being so close to such a large quake. Which, of course, brings us to the number one story. And this is where we said we did um, cheat a cool little bit. We combined all the Maria stories into one for a big t- grand total. Because of that, the jump from two to one is 126%. That's where you get there. There the, there were basically Maria dominated the top ten, and most of the also rans. So we made her one big story to put some emphasis on what she did so far. Here are a couple of headlines that we had down the line. Hurricane Maria pummels small Caribbean islands of Dominica as Category 5. Hurricane Maria leaves all of Puerto Rico totally in the dark with no power anywhere. Hurricane Maria straightens again as it heads towards Turks and Kakoas. Uh, Hurricane Maria intensifies as Category 4 storm uh, as it bears down on a Caribbean. Uh, Hurricane Maria was quite the force this week, and it did a number to a lot of folks. It hit um, Puerto Rico, I believe, as a 5, going down from a 3 to a 5 to a 4, jumping back and forth in its power. And Puerto Rico, as we know right now, essentially dead with no power whatsoever to the country. Now, they're slowly getting into the country and setting up emergency powers with generators and things like that, but the power grid is going to take weeks to get basic services up and months to get it up to something that's a livable place to be. Uh, they're just now getting open to the ports and the airports so they can put in emergency supplies. Female relief are there in the, the nation or the, the territory of Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is an island territory of the United States, not a state, not a separate nation, so it gets confused sometimes. So it belongs to the, the United States, even though sometimes they don't feel like it belongs to the United States. And the biggest issue right now is they, are they as a territory, are about $9 billion in debt. So something as major as this, which will cost a lot of money for the rebuilding of infrastructure, is not going to make that any better. The good news is, as they rebuild, they'll rebuild at a stronger level, at a better level with better materials and better tactics, so that hopefully the next time something like this happens. And the last time a Cat 5 went across Puerto Rico was something like the um, the teens, like like, like 1913 or something like that it's been a long time coming and 
we'll see if they can survive. Of course, lots of great stories coming out of the hurricane relief there. A lot of people coming together to make take care of other folks in this effort as they literally have nothing right now. No, Very low on food and water, although it's coming now with supplies coming in. And, of course, absolutely no actual power to the entire nation, island, territory. It's hard not to say that. It's the entire territory and island of Puerto Rico essentially in the dark although they are starting to get generators up for basic things and for emergency power for hospitals, police stations, and, of course, the airport and ports. As we said, that story jumped uh, 126% from the number two story because we combined all the headlines from Maria in one spot. That decision caused a bit of devastation for Maria and the rest of the stories as well. The jump from the number 10 story to the number one story, 492%. And the jump from the very last story of the week, we had 97 stories listed here uh, to number one. Uh, The response to that one, you guys responded to all the Maria love or gave Maria plenty of love in this one. All the responses were 18,875% larger than the number 97 story for the week. And we'll get to that in a bit so when we go over the also rants those will come up in a bit of course to be a part of the conversation and get your love into whatever story you think deserves to get the detention you just follow us on social media th underscore conversation on twitter this is a conversation on facebook and find us at our main website this is a conversation.com react to the stories as they come down all day all night all week and the more reaction they get, the higher they rank up. And at the end of the week, we give you the top 10 stories, plus some of the stories that got really close and some that were really kind of important that got lost in the shuffle for us. Coming up in just a moment, we will talk to Murray J. Riley Jr. He's the man behind Sky Shout Radio. That's a great program that you hear on Blog Talk Radio on Sunday nights live and hear some pretty raucous discussion about the issues. And, of course, get it via podcast because... We're all about podcasts here. He's a pretty, pretty, pretty heavy guy, news guy. So we'll see how he takes his turn in the brackets, plus what he is on his mind and some more about his big projects. That's coming up in just a moment here from This is the Conversation's weekly wrap-up podcast. The Conversation Survey Panel is part of the functions uh, that we have for our website. And part of the ways we keep things going and keep the lights on here for the whole podcast and the website as well. We do have some sponsors that you can go and visit at our website. This is conversation.com slash sponsors. But the biggest way we get things going, the biggest way we keep things funded is by doing our surveys and sending them out to people out there to do them. We pay people to do surveys. It's very simple. Now, we've gotten some questions about how this whole thing works, so we're going to answer uh, essentially the biggest one right now, and it's basically people worried about having information sold to other people. Uh, what are you going to sell me once I give you my information? The answer to that question is nothing. We don't sell you as a commodity to other people, as in we don't sell our list to anyone out there. What we do is offer up the services that you have, the chance to offer up answers to surveys to other groups. So other companies will come to us, uh, political organizations, some consumer organizations, looking for information on products, on services, on ideas, and they're looking for real people to talk to. And because we talk to real people every day via the conversation on social media and our website, we offer it up to you in paid surveys. You're not going to get rich, but we'll make you a couple bucks here or there. All you have to do is go to thisisaconversation.com slash survey panel. 
thisisaconversation.com slash survey panel. You follow a quick little survey there that offers up some demographics, and you're in. Every so often, we'll send you some questionnaires just kind of here or there on little things. Just make sure that you're still engaged. And every so often, we'll send some other demographic-type things to kind of get deeper into issues for other things. But when we send you a survey that says, this survey will pay you so much money, it will pay you so much money as soon as you finish a survey and we wrap up all results. You're using about a week or so from the first batch of surveys being sent out. And it's very simple, very easy. You just fill in your PayPal email address and we will contact you back with your money. Just like that. To be a part of this thing or find out more information if you're not quite sure yet and want to ask more questions, go to thisisaconversation.com slash survey panel. Find the details, get in the survey panel, and let us start making you some money, paying you for your great opinions. Murray J. Riley Jr. has a very distinguished resume, but today we're talking about him specifically because of his podcast. It's actually a live show that's rebroadcast, cut up, edited after a while. It's a two-hour show, and it takes a little while to do that. But every Sunday night, he holds a community call with various guests as his panelists to talk about various issues that stretch across the nation and even the world. It is called Sky Shout Radio, and it's a very interesting and intriguing interview process. And I, it's something that I basically just kind of caught wind of him somewhere along the line months ago, and I've been kind of cyber-stalking him for months and finally got a chance to get him on this program and do some things, hopefully some collaboration stuff, in the future. So that's essentially where we open up the broadcast and where we open the interview. Me asking him how he got Sky Shout Radio off the ground because everyone loves a great origin story. We went from being a person just doing it by themselves and then the suggestion came from a friend of mine that I create a panel for for the podcast. And so I solicited, uh, I had an open solicit to anyone who wanted to come on and be a panel, a panelist on the show with me. And then we could digress political news and other events that's happening in the world. So what ended up happening, uh, uh, several people decided to come on. Um, some people that I heard that I, when I was on radio decided to come over and join me on the podcast. And now I have five panelists that are on with me on Sundays. We do our weekly community call on Sundays from 7 to 9, and we talk politics the entire time. We do throw, throw in some other world events that are happening, like uh, Irma and Harvey and Maria now. We also talk different things. We uh, pretty much try to share the goings-on that's happening across the world, actually. So it's a very interesting um, listen. I listened last week intently for the basically the full show, and it was uh, it was heated the whole time. Do the panelists do? You, did you pick them, or did they turn out to be so combative often, or just you know some topics just 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 fire people off? I call it passion because they're so passionate about their politics. Everybody has their opinion about how they feel about each question that I pose to them because we we pose the questions to, to, to try to get diverse answers from the panel. And every time that I pose the questions, everybody has a different answer to the question. Most of the time, they stay on point with their response. And most of the time, we're all in agreement with each other. It just sounds that way, but... It's fun that it happens like that sometimes because you do get various opinions on various on the on the various questions. Now you have previous radio experience, is that correct? 
Yes, I do. Now, how'd you, yes, I do. How'd you, how are you able to, because I do radio as well, and I'm doing podcasting stuff on the side, and it balances out more or less. How do, were you able to actually parlay what you did on the radio to be a successful podcaster? Well, I, I attribute my radio experience to to one of my former radio station managers, the late Larry Adamson. He was a radio manager here in Aiken, South Carolina, WAAW, Shout 94.7, was the, is the radio station that Larry formerly managed. Uh, Larry's gone on now, God bless. He gave me an internship there for almost uh, about two to three years, and uh, Larry showed me the ins and outs of the radio business we started a segment called the water cooler moment, which was a political segment, and we talked politics for about 45 minutes on the radio every day, except on Fridays and the weekends. Uh, the show garnered some great numbers, um, had a great following from the community. So it's a great experience. I took that experience and I decided to go into podcasting three years ago because I tried to shop this idea again. Um, but I didn't have any tickers, so I started to, I, I came up with the idea of podcasting. I met a friend of mine over a sandwich, and me and him was talking about getting into podcasting. I didn't know anything about podcasting at the time, and he shared with me the idea of podcasting, what all I needed to do to get started, just a microphone and a computer, and we've been doing this for three years now. And after three years, the success is starting to show. And I think that's just because of the dedication of myself and how much we put into how, how we produce the shows each week. People that have come aboard with me have contributed to that. And um, I'm sharing my success with them for being a part of it. And I'm just grateful to have the opportunity to share my voice with the world. Now, before we get into the brackets, I want to make sure we give people the website so they can pick up on what you're doing online. It is, of course, skyshoutradioonline.com, and the weekly community call is hosted by TalkShoe. So you'll have yeah, to host by host by TalkShoe, and and they're a wonderful free interconference inter- call service that you can use to podcast with as well. They've been hosting us for uh, we up we up at episode twenty now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been with them for 20 episodes, and you can find TalkShoe in, in any on Google search. You can put in the SkyShot Radio podcast, and it'll come up at TalkShoe, and that way you can find when the community calls. We post our um, days that we're going to air online on Facebook and on Twitter. We're also going to be moving over to Google Plus very soon as well for our announcements. And uh, we try to make sure, and it's also posted on SkyShot Radio online.com as well when we are on air as well so everyone have a chance to find us and when we are on on sundays That's what we want to this make is sure. a it is a call-in show so you have to call in into the conference call and we have that number posted on the flyer as well so and like i said it's a very interesting format well the format's fairly simple but the guests are what makes it interesting you always have people out there who are very opinionated i'll say that's my words not your words and they don't do you know of course stand up for their opinions, which is always always makes for great conversation. Are you ready to play our game, The Bracket, sir? Sure. All right, so let me recap on the rules. We have the top ten stories of the week that have been shuffled up around, so they're not enlisted to order by one to ten, and we have a bracket. They're placed on a bracket. We'll go through three rounds. Each round you get a chance to eliminate or elevate one story past the next round, and in the first round, since we have five bids, 
you get a chance to pass one time or the last one automatically gets passed in the fifth round. We go to the next round from there, the next round from there. We'll end up with the top two stories, and you get a chance to talk about the top story you believe for the week for an extended period of time, whichever story of our top ten. And you, of course, have no knowledge of what's in the top ten this week, correct? Sure don't. All right, so it's going to be a surprise to you and surprise to all those listening, and hopefully we have a great game coming up. First time I'll be able to play in a couple of weeks, so we're glad that you're able to stop in and give us an interview. All right, so like I said, they're they're right. they're – Totally random based on the top ten and then shuffle from there. The first batch of stories you choose from are headlines, fight breaks out, pepper spray used after a high school football game, or reports of terror attack as explosive or fire incident in London train. This is a London train incident last week, and we picked up a story on a fight in Las Vegas with two football teams that used had to be pepper sprayed. Which is a more important story? Which story would you like to talk about? In the next round, possibly uh, the London the London terror attack. All right, I assume that was going to make that there. Okay, so the next batch we have young fan taken from Yankees game to hospital after being hit with foul ball, and Kevin Hart apologizes to wife and kids over failed extortion attempt over sexually suggestive video. Kevin Hart or the fan hit by the baseball in Yankee Stadium. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. All right, we have. Powerful 7.1 magnitude earthquake hits Mexico City. And then we have Hurricane Jose ambles off U.S. coast, a tropical storm. Which um, disaster we want to talk about, the earthquake or Jose? Let's talk about the earthquake because there's a whole lot of uh, destruction in that. Okay. And remember, we've got two more left, so you can pass on this one or the next one gets automatically passed. Unfortunately, we go to Hurricane Maria, and we actually had a bunch of headlines so it's a lot of maria took the number one spot this week and that's facing off against jamie lee curtis returning for a halloween sequel it's a lot of fun let's do jamie lee curtis <laughs> returning for halloween no problems so that means we're going to skip the chance to talk about Kennelly and triple g fighting to a draw last weekend and ryanair canceling 50 flights a week 50 flights a day for six weeks because they can't make them on time okay round two we go to face off between the earthquake and Kevin Hart, which one goes forward? Let's 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 talk about the earthquake because that's a loss of human life. Okay, and the next two are the uh, London train attack and Jamie Lee Curtis. I, uh, I know I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Let's talk about the terror attack. All right, that means your top two stories. You pick between the earthquake and the terror attacks in London, which of course happened around this time last week. Which one is your top story? And then go ahead and go into your, your thoughts on it. Well, we want to talk about the terror attack in London because our focus has always been on the terror on, the, on terror that's been happening in Europe over the last the last few years. One thing that was appalling was how the president immediately tweeted out about the terror uh, about the terror uh, attack that occurred in London and the and the lack of response by the security forces in London. I thought that was that didn't help the situation any. Uh, at this time, we should be focused on diplomacy instead of ramping up rhetoric, as the president did on Twitter. I thought that was that didn't help the situation any, any further. Um, thoughts and prayers go out to all those affected that happened into that happened in that attack. From what I was reading and understanding from some of the sources that I've been researching, they were saying that this was a dry run for something even greater. So I was. Uh, our focus should be on trying to capture those participants in such an act. That way, the citizens of London can and can be protected 
America should be a little more focused on being an ally to Britain versus being a critic right now. I think that's that's detrimental to us, especially after the president made a statement that that he did on Twitter didn't help anything in in that situation. Also, Britain has been a staunch ally of America over the years for a very, very long time, and I would hate to see our relationship be fractured based on what happened in London uh, in that terror attack at uh, in the subway station there, in the tube, tube subway station. Now, this is um, becoming a trend for Europe and London in particular. Why do you think that so many of these attacks are happening in London, why are they happening right here? And you, like you said, this was apparently a dry run, or maybe it was a kind of a a, a botched. You know, they couldn't get anything bigger, so they just they just did something to see what would happen. Why are they doing so much for in London? Why are they such a target? I think I think I think uh, Britain represents the West to, in a great deal. In, in my mind, I think they are always going to be that entity that represents the West and the freedoms of the West. Britain has a vast community of uh, ethnicities. Um, they have a large body of, of Muslim ethnicities, as I think, um, and so that may contribute to that. I know there's been a flux of refugees that's made their way to Britain over time, so there are some security concerns. I would assume that uh, the British security forces are doing their very best to try to screen out those uh, ones who may not think of Britain as, as a as a haven of freedom but as a as a adversary. So I think that's the reason why there's such an influx of attacks in Britain. We don't want to leave out France and Germany and other other European countries that have fallen prey to terrorist attacks over the last over this last year or so. So that should be a concern for anyone here in America that Europe is always the the focal point of terror attacks. We're just so fortunate not to have a terror attack here on the land, Um, um, and that's because of the way our forces protect us here uh, on the home front. And so um, the effort goes into security here in America moreover than it does in Europe, I think. I think the Europeans do a good job. I think they, they get caught off guard a lot of the times because of the way suspects move about um, in such in such a, a free manner, especially those ones who go unvetted, and so that poses a great a, a great deal of pain um, over in Europe right now. And very quickly, I'll give you a chance to talk about the earthquake, a 7.1 that hit outside of Mexico City, uh, but Mexico City is, did feel plenty of damage along with the outlying areas. Quick opinion on that. i tell you what, the relief effort is going to be, it's going to take a long time with the relief effort because uh, there are so many thousands of people who were affected by the, by the 7.1 earthquake. Um, I know earlier this morning as I was reading uh, reading. Uh, and listening to the news, there's sort of the recovery effort's going to be. It's going to take a while, and they're asking for volunteers. Also, the United States and other countries are providing relief services to Mexico as we speak. Um, there's countless people who are buried under the rubble there, and we hope that they can recover not just um, those that have been lost, but the ones that may still be alive. So we just hope that 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 happens very soon. Everyone should uh, have have to put their energies on rescuing those who may who may not have the ability to rescue themselves, 
And so that's that that should be everybody's effort, I think, in a situation like that. Seven point one is is a very big earthquake. It's that you know, uh you, you immediately you think of California and other parts of the world where earthquakes were 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 very devastating. So we just have to be ready in a situation like that. And just hope that uh the, the Mexican government can continue to their relief efforts and ask uh, the world community to come to them and help out as we as, as they move forward in their recovery effort. This is Murray J. Riley Jr. He manages Skyshout Radio, which is a podcast. It's a live community call on Sundays, and it's basically a mu- movement. You told me you're going to be speaking this week, helping somebody hopefully get elected. Tell us about that very quickly. Yes, we're going to be up in Columbia, South Carolina, the state capital visiting with Sean Cargan, who's who's a candidate for a Democratic candidate for the Senate in South Carolina. Uh, we're going to be sharing with him on Saturday afternoon. Uh, we're going to spend some time with him as he gets ready to can- launch his political campaign, his first time ever being a political candidate. So we will be up there part of the day on Saturday. We're going to be making our way back and getting ready for our Sunday episode of the Cash Out Radio Podcast Community Call. Um, we're going to have a special guest panelist coming on, Dolliver Malone, who is a political columnist and a community activist. He's going to be a special guest panelist this Sunday, so we're going to have a rousing a rousing discussion this Sunday, and we encourage everyone to tune in to the community call. If you don't get into the live discussion, the audio will be out the very next day on Monday or either Tuesday uh, after editing. Hey, Murray, thank you so much for joining us for the Conversations, a weekly wrap-up podcast, and hopefully we'll do this again sometime soon. Oh, yeah, great to be on. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity, and uh, I really enjoy listening to your show as well. So thanks for having me on. We've given you the top 10 stories from you this week. We've played the brackets with Murray J. Riley, and he's had a great time having fun with us and putting up with us as well. Let's go through all of the other thans, or at least some of them. We're still working on brevity, and what's going to be really interesting this week is we have a lot of people in memoriam, including a story about in memoriam that was missed out as well, so we don't want to miss out any folks uh, from the list. So we're going to go through as many of these stories as we can to talk about uh, what's going on. Let's start off with the three stories that barely missed it into the top 10. Uh, the number 11 story for this week was the fact that the former St. Louis police officer was found not guilty in a fatal shooting months ago, or actually a couple of years ago, of Anthony Lamar Smith. Of course, St. Louis, very close to uh, Ferguson, uh, essentially a sub- suburb, Ferguson, essentially a suburb of St. Louis, where we had all the dealings going on with Michael Brown many years ago. A similar situation popping up here. A white police officer shoots a black man, and after trial is set, he is found not guilty, and there have been days and days of marching and protests in the streets, not quite as violent, not quite as ugly as they've had back when Michael Brown was being dealt with, but still an issue there as well. It missed out on the number 10 spot, as we said, by about um, 0.79%, uh, essentially a couple points down, a couple interactions down. Also missing out was a number 12 story. Albert Hainsworth, the former NFL player, is accusing his ex-girlfriend, Brittany Jackson, who was a former uh, star at Tennessee basketball and played some professional basketball around the world as well, accuses ex-girlfriend 
of domestic abuse and essentially calling, well, not essentially, calling him various times uh, various slurs, including racial slurs, throughout their relationship. We'll see how this works out. Domestic abuse, a very serious thing. And, of course, uh, it's a very serious thing when a man also claims domestic abuse, even though people like to think that men aren't being abused. There are cases of men being severely abused in their relationships. Aaron Hernandez uh, being found to have CTE, severe case of CTE. Uh, this, of course, found afterwards. You can't really diagnose it until you get a, a, fear, a real check of someone's brain after they're dead. Uh, but Aaron Hernandez uh, showing signs of severe CTE, which could mean very bad things for the NFL and their CTE uh, studies and what's going on there. We're finding lots and lots of people, lots of old heads in the game who played for a long time some of them more prominent than others, all having some sort of cases of CTE. Remember the, the study we had last year where they studied uh, like 100 brains and out of them, 99% of them all had cases of a CTE. This is becoming an issue for the NFL, which is still the most popular sport in America. But remember, baseball was once the more popular sport in America and boxing was once the most popular sports in America. And believe it or not, Horse racing was the most popular sport in America. So things work on trends. I don't see anything necessarily taking over ba- ba- football right now. Basketball, maybe because it's global. But um, football can is, is football's doing very well money-wise and doing very well in popularity, although the watching of it's going down a bit. It's still making plenty of money. We'll see if something like this, along with CT in general, is a big deal for the football. Sticking with football, we go to Division II football in college, and a football player named Robert Graves died this week. Uh, in-game, ne- in-game neck injury from last Saturday's game uh, where he stayed in the hospital for a few days and eventually died from the injuries there. We we're, of course, all saddened by the loss there. We have plenty more people to go through in losses for this week. Uh, Donald Trump did a few things this week. Number one, he shared a gif of himself um, hitting a golf ball that um, was spliced to hit Hillary Clinton in the back and knock her off of an airplane because he's Donald Trump. Donald Trump also did some big work this week going to the United Nations for this year's annual convention, giving his first-time speech in front of the folks there and admitting that uh, while he complains about the United Nations, I believe this was basically the third time he's actually ever been in the building, and he actually has a big hotel across the street, which he bragged about. He also uh, bragged about what he would do to North Korea, saying he would, quote, totally destroy them and calling Kim Jong-il once again Rocket Man for his want to send off rockets into space uh he chastised many another nation on their ability to not do their abilities in which meant many nations skipped out on his speech and had plenty of pictures of people giving really weird faces including the zimbabwe delegation as he told africa african nations that people go there to steal their money and get rich and, of course, watching the face of some of his own people as he uh, said what he did, uh, them sort of guffawing or looking away, trying to not be seen in the whole proceeding. It was a spectacle, none to say the least. Andre Ward, speaking of boxing this week, is leaving the sport. He has been undefeated for seemingly forever. Hasn't lost this bout since he was 13. The 33-year-old is um, still fighting, still doing his thing. In fact, I'd forgotten that he was fighting because boxing's not so big on the radar. The big news is he's leaving the game because he's got no desire to do it. There's not much excitement left in boxing. We've talked about that plenty of times in the past couple 
of weeks. TGI Fridays, experimenting with delivery of alcohol with food. So if you have one of those food services that will drive up your food to you from the place, you may soon get a chance to have booze brought along there as well. Meanwhile, booze coming to Taco Bell. Many Taco Bells are starting to redefine their actual stores, taking away the drive through which is a big moneymaker, but turning them into real Katina-style restaurants where you can buy alcohol with your Taco Bell brand tacos. We'll see if one of those happens near you as well. GOP is pushing right now, and they have about a week to do it as we report this, as we're doing this. They have till September 30th, the deadline for the budget of this fiscal year, to push a in-run type of a procedure to not have to put Obamacare or the repeal and replace Obamacare bill before the real House and Senate for an actual debate and actual vote. They can just squeeze it through as a part of a procedure to amend what's in there because Obamacare is in the budget. Of course, many senators and representatives aren't so happy with the fact that no one's going to get a chance to officially talk about it. And the fact they're ramrodding it so quickly, it may be in the process of being voted on before there's even a CBO score to compare it to. So we'll see how this one works out. Chances are it probably won't work out as well as they want it to, and they'll have to deal with it again in the upcoming year, which, by the way, means election coverage in this thing here. The expansion Golden Knights in the NHL win their very first preseason game at home. Congratulations to them. Hockey in Las Vegas. It's going to be a pretty good thing for those folks, we're pretty sure. Chelsea Manning had her Harvard Fellowship revoked uh, after plenty of criticism. We'll see how that goes on. She, of course, talked about that. I say she a bit uncomfortably. Talked about that being not exactly the bastion of freedom that Harvard is supposed to be. The movie Mother is voted the worst movie of the year and maybe even the century. If you want a chance to see Jennifer Lawrence's flick, you probably won't have much chance because it probably won't be in the theaters for much longer. Oh, by the way, if you're listening to this on a day we usually release it on Saturday, today's the last day of the world, or expected to be. September 23rd, the week ending September 23rd, or maybe the world ending September 23rd, uh, is the day numerologists say that th- then it's near. Now, you kept up with all the hurricanes and earthquakes, you may think there might be something to that. But we've had these issues before, and so far the world has not disappeared yet. Oh, by the way, Nicaragua did sign the Paris Accord Treaty uh, for climate change, so that leaves the U.S. and Syria as the only countries who are opposed to this climate change bill. We all know President Trump's stance on this. The world is hoping that Trump will change his mind on that one. In the world of terrorism, weirdly enough, Twitter has suspended 300,000 accounts they tied to terrorism. And in the world of voting, weirdly enough, Facebook is turning over hundreds of thousands of ads uh, that were linked to Russians buying during the election. We'll see whether social media is really having a real impact on us in our world of terror, non-terror, and in our political world. We'll see how that works out as well. And this one is a really weird one. Brigham Young, believe it or not, has finally got carbonated soft drinks on their campus. As the students there, the Mormon school, are saying they about to get lit up in Brigham Young. Uh, And the number 97 story, the very last story of the week, the story that, as we said, was 18,000 times um, percent below the top story of the week. Yeah, 18,875 
was Linda Hamilton returning to the Terminator franchise. Now, we already talked about the return of Jamie Lee Curtis to Halloween. That got much more love than Linda Hamilton. Of course, along with that news is the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be back again as well. But the return of the originals from the Terminator to the newer Terminators as they've rebooted this thing. And the timeline is all weird, so it's hard to keep up with what's going on with Terminators these days. But that's all that we have to deal with. Now, let's go through a lot of deaths. We have a lot of deaths, so it really did kind of weird out and mar what we had listing in the also-rans, including legendary modified um, champ Ted Christopher. He died in a plane crash this week. Also, Jake LaMotta, the subject of Raging Bull, he was the actual character played by Robert De Niro. He died at the age of 95. A Georgia Tech student activist was shot dead by campus police this week at a confrontation uh, seen as a one of the heads, in the at least in the community, on LGBTQ uh, uh, conflicts. It was another weird thing we'll find out in more news goings as well. Star from Godfather 2 and many other those type of movies, um, Harry Dean Stanton died at age of 91. We also lost WWE Hall of Famer Bobby he- he- Brain Heenan at the age of 73. Um Lillian Ross, who was a claim reporter for The New Yorker, died this this week at the age of 99. Uh, the Emmys had a memorial, a memorial, I should say, uh, where they did not mention Harry Dean Stanton because he died literally beginning of the week, but also missed out on Dick Gregory and Charlie Murphy. A lot of people not so happy about that. Uh, those omissions are popping up. Also lost this week, Bernie Casey. He was the former pro football player who turned into an actor, uh, joining um, great friends in the black exploitation movies and, of course, being known for people of my generation as the Dean in Revenge of the Nerds. He died at the age of 78 in Los Angeles this week. Also passing this week, billionaire heiress, uh, uh, billionaire heiress L'Oreal heiress Betancourt. I totally butchered that. I don't have her first name. I just have the billionaire lawyer heiress. Her last name is Bentoncourt, and she died at the age of 94. So apologies for not pulling the full story in on that one. And that is a very long listing of, of folks' memoriam for this week. And that's how we're going to wrap up this week for This is the Conversation's Weekly Wrap-Up Podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of all we have going on. Uh, we can't do a podcast, we can't do a website, we can't do social media without you. Thank you very much for our my man, Murray J. Riley Jr., who joined us for the brackets today, getting the brackets back in, and hopefully we'll have a nice long string of brackets and doing our best to schedule these folks ahead so we have plenty of people who can talk news and talk whatever going on. As always, be a part of the conversation 24-7. Just follow us on social media. Twitter is TH underscore conversation. Facebook is This is a Conversation. And, of course, our main website, thisistheconversation.com, for all the stories. Just react to them as they come down. Share them with a friend. Share them with some enemies. Share them with a few random strangers so that we have more people in great conversations. And get in great conversations and get paid for them. Your opinions do matter. And we like to pay you for them with the Conversation Survey Panel. Check it out at thisisaconversation.com slash survey panel. For more information about my other side gigs, check out my main website, jclevenpain.net. And thank you so much for just being here in the conversation. We'll be back again for another great week of great conversations with the top ten and then a few others, plus another great person giving us their take on the news, playing the brackets, and maybe other surprises right here from thisisconversation.com. This is